When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years, and he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. This holiday season, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation delivers on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices America's greatest heroes have made for us with their annual season of hope. Between Thanksgiving and New Year's Eve, the foundation will deliver mortgage-free homes to dozens and dozens of America's catastrophically injured veterans, fallen first responder families, and Gold Star families. Bring hope to heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. What is going on, Belly Up Sports fam? Mr. Shaka Cummings, Mr. Parker Ainsworth, welcome to FN Sports, the podcast with two teachers, great sports, biggest issues, and Mr. Ainsworth, we're going to have to add another name to the podcast. That's a little that's a little spoiler, a little teaser Ooh. for the folks. Um, how are you doing <laughs> on this fine Sunday? Almost afternoon, sir. I'm doing all right. Uh, we've been moving. Uh, we moved down the street to a little bit bigger place, which is nice. We thought that'd be less stressful. However, moving down the street just means you carry the stress over the entire week, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what we've been doing. How are you doing, Mr. Cummings? Uh, I'm doing well. I'm old enough to hire movers. I hope that you are, too. Now that this you're might be the last one that I don't. So. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. That, see, that's what they it's tough too because your Jordan's got to go one at a time. It's like not not one pair, one shoe at a time. That's a long, a lot of trips, a lot of trips. <laughs> um, friends, let's jump into our gold stars and detentions. Mr. Ainsworth, I think that it is time for me to set the Guinness Book World Record for the most gold stars rapid fire. Mr. Ainsworth, <laughs> are you ready for this? I don't know. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, gold stars. Gold star, Rachel Nichols, for having better friends than I do. Did you see about the Sue Bird jersey, Mr. Ainsworth? Yes. So that's dope. Uh, and the uh, Keep Sue Fresh Kyries that might be coming Rachel Nichols' way. Um, again, I need better friends. Uh, no pressure, Mr. Ainsworth. Um, <laughs> gold star, Sean Kazmar Jr., literally getting called up 12 years after the last time he played in the major leagues, he stuck with the minors for 12 years because he wanted his kids to see him play in the majors. Shout out for that level of diligence. Um, I don't have that. Um, <laughs> Gold star, Julius Randle, 44, 10, and 7 in the Knicks win over Dallas. The Knicks have won five games in a row, but most importantly, he's better than Christoph Porzingis, and I don't think that that's arguable. <laughs> Hometown of Dallas, right? Like, oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. absolutely. I'm sure there were a bunch of Preston Wood folks there. Uh, gold star <laughs> Steph Curry for breaking the record for threes in a month or at least in the month of April and oh by the way he tied the record 
for consecutive 30-point games by a player 33 years old or older. Uh, it's held by Kobe Bryant. My man Steph had 47 on the seas. Now, uh, they lost the game, but he just keeps scoring. Like, Steph is amazing. Gold star... <laughs> to both Dwayne Wade and Alex Rodriguez, ex-athletes retired buying into ownership. D-Wade buying into Utah, which that's going to be interesting if you know D-Wade's whole family background, and well, uh, A-Rod buying into the T-Wolves. There's a power play with D-Wade buying into Utah because that's going to be a sticking point for some, and he's like, screw you guys, I own the team. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, for those folks who don't know, D-Wade has a uh, trans daughter. And so Utah has not always been the most friendly when it comes to certain civil rights issues, including those of our LGBTQIA plus friends. So this will be interesting. We'll see how that goes. Gold star to our boy, Ryan McCarthy. He uh, he got invited on the Rod Peterson show, which is Way like, go, Ryan. yeah, absolutely. Huge show up in Canada. Hey, Rod, listen to us. You need a couple of teachers on that show. We'll do it. Um, we got <laughs> we got to figure out the time window on that, though. Um, gold star. <laughs> To LaMarcus Aldridge and Julian Edelman, great careers, both retiring. A uh, shout-out to them. Uh, LaMarcus is a UT guy, Mr. Ainsworth. I don't know if you of know course. that. <laughs> um, of course. Gold star to Carlos Radon, uh, Chicago White Sox pitcher, threw a no-hitter. You got to love no-hitters. Back-to-back weeks with no-hitters in Major League Baseball. Apparently, we're on pace for 33 of them bad boys. Yeah, baseball's going to change all kind of rules to get more action in the game. Um, gold star to Shay Ralph. I remember Shay Ralph when she played at UConn, and she was a dog. And so she got the Vandy head coaching job after being an assistant for several years under Gino Oriema at UConn. Vandy's a program that has potential and has had some success in terms of women's college basketball. So shout out to Shay Ralph for getting that job. Gold star to Kyrie Irving. And you know I don't like gold star and Kyrie, but he, <laughs> he deserves it. It came out this week that uh, Amani McGee uh, Stafford, WNBA player, she sat out the wobble uh, because she's getting ready to go to law school. And so someone said, hey, Kyrie needs to help you out with your salary so you can finish law school. And she's like, he already did that. Like he paid my salary so I didn't have to go into the wobble so I could work on my law school degree. Listen, Kyrie's complex, man. There's some stuff that he does that I don't like. But how can you not like that? Gold star to Eddie George. You listen, if the NFL ain't going to hire black head coaches, if the NCAA ain't going to hire black head coaches, HBCUs will. We saw it with <laughs> Dion, and now Tennessee State hired Eddie George. And I hope that a bunch of other coaches take the lead. Because if they're not going to take care of you, we got to take care of our own. And I say we as a black man in America. Gold star to Earl the Pearl Monroe for joining Twitter. Earl the Pearl, one of the greatest Knicks players of all time. He's on Twitter, and he came in with the heat, Mr. Ainsworth. And my final gold star goes to Hope Troutwain, who's a pitcher for the North Texas softball team who got a no-hitter this week. And when I say no-hitter, I don't even know what to say, Mr. Ainsworth. It was a no-hitter. It was a perfect game. None of that describes what she did. She saw 21 batters. She struck out every single one of them. Bam. They don't have a word for that yet, right? Like, as many years as baseball has been around, there's no term for that. <laughs> no, it's called pulling a trout wing. That's what it's called. <laughs> so shout out to Hope for doing that. Um, So rapid fire, Mr. Ainsworth, that was 13 gold stars. You can't have anything. I must have hit everything, right? Yeah, it was impressive. The only gold <laughs> I had was that the WNBA finally dropped their jerseys this week, and I've detentioned them for the way they did it earlier, but... The WNBA jerseys are incredible. Each WNBA team gets three different jerseys. I think the bigger thing that people don't necessarily realize with this is that the previous Nike deal with the WNBA, each team had one, maybe two jerseys because the unique colors, there's 12 teams. And so like you didn't necessarily need a whole lot of jerseys because only the New York Liberty had seafoam green. Only the LA Sparks had <laughs> the yellow, right? And so they just didn't have to change as much. And so this is really a big investment into the game on Nike's. I'd point out that they sold out rather quickly on Nike.com and WNBA.com. <laughs> so maybe the more you invest, the more you make. It's a crazy concept. Crazy concept. Um, incidentally, uh, the Dallas Wings deserve a detention from you, Mr. Ainsworth, because I don't know if you heard about their Rebel jersey that they had to pull. They essentially were honoring this uh, battalion of women who uh, actually wouldn't allow black women to join 
uh, the the platoon. So um, well, and the shame is that it looked like the flying comrade jersey, but they <laughs> called it this other. It looked it was it's military green with a blue circle and a white star and a red dot and the white star. And I'm telling you, it looked more like the other side of the Cold War. But it, what it really ended up being, I guess, was this particular battalion they wanted to go with that was not the right battalion to go with. It could have gone with <laughs> They could have went a lot of directions and they picked the wrong one. Uh, Mr. Hainsworth, I have set the Guinness Book World Record for gold stars. I'm feeling myself. I'm about to set it for detentions, Mr. Hainsworth. I am ready. Houston Dash, <laughs> detention racially profiling and harassing Sarah Golden and her boyfriend. Listen, treat black people right. That's the lesson here. But can I just say this, Mr. Ainsworth, especially after the Chicago Red Stars kicked your butt. You saw Sarah Golden on the field. Like, this is nuts. I don't even know what happened. And then the garbage apology that they issue afterward where they were like, oh, we were just taking care of COVID protocols and everyone has to follow them. Then uh, all the players start to jump on them. And then they come out and they're like, well, hey, listen, we actually really handled this. Listen, just handle it right in the first place and you don't have to apologize for handling it wrong. Well, and actually apologize for it the first time, so not to apologize again. <laughs> like, there's a whole lot of stuff there. Absolutely. Uh, detention to me for doubting Jake Paul. Listen, if you two, <laughs> if you two guys want to box, them suckers need to box. Ben Askren is an Olympic-level wrestler, uh, former UFC fighter, MMA champion. Jake Paul knocked that dude out in less than one round. Um, I used to think like I could get off of this chair at 40 years old and go box Jake Paul. That was dumb. Um, <laughs> detention to the New York Yankees for literally doing something that they haven't done since 1998. And I'm not talking about winning the World Series. Uh, this is the first time since 1998 that the New York Yankees are in dead last all by themselves. And the Red Sox are in first. So this is great. Not, um, I want to punch myself in the face. Actually, no, I just want to punch every New York Yankee in the face. They make me so sick. Hopefully we get better. Uh, detention Stephen A. Smith for dogging LaMarcus Aldridge because he said LaMarcus Aldridge needs to be on the court. Then it turns out LaMarcus Aldridge had an irregular heartbeat. That's why he was being held off, and it literally caused him to retire. So maybe we can wait before we take them hot takes, Stephen A. Detention right. to Brett Favre for his take on politics and sports, where he's like, listen, I've talked to people and they're talking about they don't want to even watch the NFL. I don't care who you talk to. You didn't talk to me. Politics and sports don't bother me. Maybe you need to talk to more people. Maybe also, that's the problem with all of this is that we just need to talk to more people. They just signed billion-dollar contract. Like, there's, there's billions on billions being made on people watching NFL. You're just wrong. <laughs> listen, if we want to get politics out of the game, get rid of the national anthem. Stop doing stuff with the military. Like, that's politics in the game, too. But all money's green, so we don't care about that. Anyway, listen, Brett, be quiet here. Detention to some dude named Cecil LeMay. Like, I don't know who he is, but he put this take out on Twitter. And should I have responded to Mr. Ainsworth? No. Did I respond, Mr. Ainsworth? Yes. <laughs> because he said that the Jets turned down a first-round draft pick with the 49ers for a Sam Darnold trade, which, of course, didn't happen. So now his deal was, oh, the Jets weren't sure because they weren't sure if they were going to take Zach Wilson at two. Well, guess what? If you were going to give them a first-round draft pick for Sam Darnold, it didn't matter if they were sure about Zach Wilson at two. All they had to do was say, we're going to take a quarterback at two. It just won't be Trevor Lawrence. So, obviously, this didn't happen. Why would you put that out and lie? And then he's like, NFL sources. Who's your source? Like, some dude who runs concessions? Get out of here with that. Detention to Woody Johnson. Because the owner of your team should never tweet, hey, who you guys want us to draft? That's stupid. Listen, you decide who we're going to draft. What are you tweeting that out for? Haven't you heard that when you run a team, if you listen to the fans, you end up sitting with them? I wish that Woody Johnson would end up sitting with the fans. Sell the team. Uh, detention to Anthony Edwards because A-Rod is the new owner of the T-Wolves, and then he goes on the post-game press conference and okay. says, I have no idea who A-Rod is. I got a question on this. Okay. Is this a function of you and I being old and Anthony Edwards being 19? Because A-Rod retired five years ago, so he'd have been 14, which means that he'd have seen the end of A-Rod's career at the age of 14. Is this just you and I being old and Anthony Edwards not? No, this is us being smart and Anthony Edwards being dumb. If the future owner oh, of your team... I like the kid. No, listen, listen. <laughs> I like the kid too. But if this dude's going to be the future owner of your team, Google him. Um... <laughs> Detention to Shannon Sharp, because you should always cite your sources, people. Shannon Sharp uses his fake Kevin Durant quote on his show, which I don't watch, but then he got lambasted for it. Kevin Durant comes at him for it, and of course, the uh, responses to block Kevin Durant. 
And it's like, dude, you're the one who messed up. Apologize. Apologize. Like, that's the theme of this. Just apologize when you mess up. The final detention that I have, Mr. Ainsworth, is for anyone who says LaMarcus Aldridge and Julia Edelman are Hall of Famers. You can have great careers that we can celebrate and not be in the Hall of Fame. There is no way LaMarcus Aldridge had a Hall of Fame career. He was a great player, solid player. Portland should retire his jersey. He's not a Hall of Famer. Julian Edelman never made a Pro Bowl. Why are we talking about him for a Hall of Fame? Chad Johnson needs to get into the Hall of Fame before he does. Receivers don't get in anyway. Julian Edelman does not need to get in. Now, woo, I'm tired, Mr. Ainsworth. Um, even though I'm a teacher, I'm not used to talking like that. Uh, Mr. Ainsworth, <laughs> I hit all the detentions, right? I didn't miss anything. My my students say I talk like John Green on the Crash Course videos because I talk so fast. No, so <laughs> the only other detention I would say is probably not as serious but how did the WNBA let Renaya Davis fall to Minnesota? Like, <laughs> like are we just going to let this keep happening with Minnesota? And so anyway, that was my, my only addition I would add. Um, I also want to say that since we've been recording, and, and you're in the New Yorker, so I don't know if th this has come across your timeline yet or not, but Jay Bruce, first baseman of the New York Yankees, is retired. Yeah, um, no, he, he should. Have you seen him play? No, no, no. He's, <laughs> no, I, I don't have Yes Network in Dallas. But I <laughs> will say that, that I thought that was worth noting. Um, but that's all the detentions I have. I do have one gold star-ish shout-out, though. My gold star-ish shout-out is to, I'm just going to say my wife's class, because they apparently, so if you saw it on Twitter the other day, this was really, really funny. I was at home on Friday with movers, and my wife was at school, and some kid asked about where I was, and she said he's home moving, and they looked me up on Spotify and found some playlists I made from, it has to be legitimately like when I was in college, <laughs> like making workout playlists, which means that it was probably not middle school student appropriate language on the playlist, whatever. <laughs> um, so they found that. And then I text my wife saying, tell her to download the and subscribe to the FN Sports podcast. And she replied with, they all are. And it sounded like the rest of them listened to the podcast while doing math the rest of the hour. Hey, listen, please <laughs> so, go out, like, subscribe, share, and do all the wonderful things to help out the podcast. I completely. love it. Shout out to, if you're listening to that, uh, what do you say, middle school math classroom, because I don't think I'm allowed to say kids' names on the air. But shout out to the middle school math classroom for downloading and subscribing. Tell your friends to do the same. Absolutely. Don't flunk with us. Shout out from Mr. Cummings. Uh, friends... <laughs> For this pod, we're going to do NFL Draft SATs, and we got a special guest. So we'll hit you guys with that. Mr. Ainsworth, without further ado, are you ready to go, sir? Ready when you are, Shaka. So, Parker, if there's one thing that we know, we know how hard it is to get a good substitute teacher. Friends, <laughs> we have the ultimate. We have a guest, Logan Ward of the Logan Ward Show. All the socials are at Logan Ward Show. That's Twitter, that's Instagram, that's Facebook. Uh, he's got an awesome pod. Make sure you go out, like, subscribe, share, do all the wonderful things to help out his podcast. And Logan is going to guest with us, and we're going to talk NFL Draft. Mr. Ward, how are you doing on this fine Sunday almost afternoon, sir? Hey, it's awesome to be here. It's hard to find other teachers, I feel like, that have podcasts. And it's pretty awesome to find two people that do it as well as y'all do. Oh, wow. We do it well. Okay. Hey, we love Logan. All right. Logan, you will be back regularly, sir, with those types of compliments. Friends, we're going to do the NFL Draft SATs. So we've got multiple choice questions. We've got fill in the blanks. And we're going to start with a true false question. And of course, we are going to be awesome hosts and let our guests jump in first. Uh, Mr. Ward. The first question for the NFL Draft SATs, true or false, there will be no less than four QBs taken in the first five draft picks. What do you say to that, sir? I am going to go and say false. I think there will only be three quarterbacks taken in the top five. Awesome, Parker. Where are you at on that one? I'm going to say... I'm going to say false because I don't think there should be, but I wonder if we're going to disagree on who the three or four should be. <laughs> okay, I'm going to be a man on an island because I'm going to say true. And I'll tell you guys, I always default to quarterbacks getting taken higher than they're supposed to. And I'll tell you guys a story maybe later in the pod, but I feel like someone's going to trade into the top five with Atlanta, yeah. and they're going to take a quarterback that's the only reason why you would trade up so let me ask friends do we agree on the top three quarterbacks because i think everyone believes that trevor lawrence is going one if he doesn't man i'm gonna be one happy jet fan um but we <laughs> believe, we believe trevor lawrence is gonna go one 
I assume that we believe that at this point, Zach Wilson's going to go too, because that's all the talk out of Jets camp. So then the question is, who's the third quarterback? Logan, who do you think is actually going to be the person who San Francisco's traded up to go get? Okay, so I changed my mind on this. I used to think it was Mac Jones, just because all the smoke that was coming out. But I just, I just don't think they had to trade up to get Mac Jones at three. So I think that they're going to take Justin Fields, because I think that they were assuming they were going to have to jump Atlanta to get Fields. Which makes a lot of sense because Fields is a Georgia kid too. So if Atlanta was going to take a quarterback or maybe even if they weren't, right, maybe they would be inclined to take Justin Fields because he's a Georgia kid and he would be there at four. So then you jump Atlanta to go get him. That kind of makes sense. Parker, do you agree that it's going to be Justin Fields as the third quarterback or are you a Mac Jones based on the smoke that's out there? Do you think it's going to be Mac Jones? I 100% 100% agree that it should be Justin Fields. <laughs> I don't understand the Mac Jones hype at three outside of people like the smoke from San Francisco that, that Logan's alluding to. I just, I don't understand why we're taking that. It feels like a, the Mettenberger kid from LSU many years ago. And I was like, <laughs> oh, we look back in hindsight and he had Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry on the field at the same time. Like, oh, yeah, that, that makes you a pretty good quarterback. I just, I look at Justin Fields' body of work. You know, he's 6'3", he runs a 4'3'8", he's got the big arm. If you feel like you've got a coaching staff, like Shanahan does, I feel like you can turn that into something, if nothing else. And he was on the field at Ohio State, you know, that played very, very well. The COVID expedited season, he had some bumps in the road along the way, but so did a lot of players, right? I I don't know. I, I am high on Justin Fields. I would almost wonder why your Jets are taking Zach Wilson, but... Listen, I'm you're not the only one. You're not the only one, okay? <laughs> um, I guess that's where I'm at. I, I do think the reason there's that much smoke, though, is that there is something to it. Um, I think the easiest spot to sit in is Atlanta, because if Justin Fields is available, you take him. Or if you're confident that they'll be there at more like the 8-9 spot, you can trade back and hopefully get a second or third round as well, right, for someone else who wants a Justin Fields or wants a Mac, uh, Mac Jones. So. We hadn't even mentioned Trey Lance's name. There are a lot of quarterbacks <laughs> available. I just don't know that they're all actually top five pick caliber players. I will I- say, though, if Mac Jones is the guy in San Francisco, I assume that Kyle Shanahan is just like, I just want someone who can get the ball to these people. Like, I'm not really worried about all the extra, just someone who can distribute the ball, because that's what Mac Jones did at Alabama. Uh, he knew where to go with the football. And I think that if they go with Mac Jones at three, that's the reason. You can't go wrong at Alabama, right? If you're Mac Jones <laughs> distributing the ball, uh, the, the picture that's floating around the internet of Alabama's receivers from last year, where it's Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, Devontae Smith, and Jalen Waddle is nuts. That is a right. nuts picture. That'd so, be a great pro receiver room. <laughs> you're damn right it would be. Um, one of them guys is getting the gold jacket. It's just a matter of who. So uh, my, my take on this is I believe that they're going to be four QBs taken because teams, they value quarterback more than anything else, right? And so as long as quarterback has high value, these guys are going to be taken high. The story that I always reference when I think about quarterbacks is the Cam Newton draft. And the reason why I always go back to that is because I remember that there was talk about Daquan Bowers, who was the number one high school recruit. There was talk because he had a great career at Clemson. He was going to go one. It ended up that because of trouble, off-field stuff, Bowers didn't even go in the first round. And I remember telling people, y'all are crazy. Cam Newton's going one. And so this is what's going to end up happening in my mind. These quarterbacks are going to get really high values. And so they're going to go in the top five. And my thought is this. The only way that you don't get four QBs taken in the top five is if San Francisco takes Justin Fields at three. Because Logan's point was spot on. I don't think you have to trade up to get Mac Jones, at least not into the top five. Denver, if they want Mac Jones, Miami's already shown they're willing to trade (laughs) because they don't care which receiver (laughs) they get. They're just going to take one. So you can always see what Miami's interested in right at six. But if you're the Patriots, you're going to need that cue, right? And if Justin Fields is there at four, like it could be New England pretty much beating Atlanta again, right? Because <laughs> Atlanta's going to maybe trade out of that pick. And now New England could go up to four and go get a Justin Fields. I don't think that it's Trey Lance. I think Trey Lance, he might be in the top 15 picks because, again, there's too many teams that need quarterbacks, and quarterbacks, you put a very high value on them. 
I just believe that if Mac Jones goes three, people are going to say, oh my gosh, Justin Fields is there at four? And someone's going to trade with Atlanta if Atlanta doesn't take him at four. How about we jump into the next question, Parker? So let's talk receivers. Multiple choice. The first receiver taken in this draft will be A, Jamar Chase, B, Devontae Smith, C, Jalen Waddle, or D, Kyle Pitts. What do you think, P? So I think there's a cheat code in this question in that Kyle Pitts is like a quasi-receiver, so I'm going to go <laughs> D, Kyle Pitts. Logan, what are you thinking, sir? Yeah, I agree. It's going to be Kyle Pitts. No matter where it is, it'll be Kyle Pitts. <laughs> so... Uh, I think that the quarterback answer influences this question. I, I also think that it's Kyle Pitts. But the caveat there, in my opinion, is does Mac Jones go three? Because if Mac Jones goes three, I believe that Atlanta will take Justin Fields or someone will trade up, which then means Cincinnati is at five. And I don't think Cincinnati's taking Pitts. I think Cincinnati's taking Sewell which then goes to Miami, and I don't think Miami would take Pitts. I actually think Miami would take one of the Alabama receivers. I think the cheat code with Pitts, though, is that he's kind of receiver, kind of a tight end, kind of an H, kind of like a lot of things. He's really just a great football player, and that's really, you see a lot of teams doing that with their guys on the outside and inside, whether a slot, tight end, or outside receiver, right? Teams are just doing that across the board. And I think that you're seeing like Kittle in San Fran or Kelsey in Kansas City or Gronk, formerly in New England, now in Tampa. Or, you know, you can go back to the Antonio Gates world. If you can just have a big, strong dude that can do lots of different things and catch the football, he's kind of a cheat code. And so that Kyle Pitts is listed as a receiver here feels like the cheat code. <laughs> if I'm Kyle Pitts, I am telling everybody that I'm a receiver so that I can try to get that receiver money down the road. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I don't want anyone to think I'm a tight end. I'm a receiver. I, I do think, though, that if he goes to five, I wouldn't be surprised if Cincinnati took him. I know that Jamar Chase, there's uh, a lot of history there. But if you get a player like Kyle Pitts, I, it, I wouldn't be surprised if he's there at number five that they take they take him. That actually would make a lot of sense, right? Because the Joe Burrow connection with Jamar Chase, obviously there's something there. Which is why, in my mind, I go to Alabama and I think about Tua, and they're gonna, Miami's going to take one of those guys. It just makes too much sense to me. Even though there's a lot of talk. Have you guys heard the talk from Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle that they both actually said Matt Jones, they felt like was a better fit for their games than Tua Tonga-Vailoa? That's nuts to me. <laughs> yeah, a quarterback that lacks creativity and sticks to the plays, and the plays are drawn up for the receivers. Man, I'm sure they like that a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I would just I would ask for wide receiver money. I'm I am a wide receiver. I don't want to be lumped in with other tight ends. Give me wide receiver money if I'm Kyle Pitts, because I don't know if he's gonna. I mean, <laughs> yes, he's gonna be lined up on the ground a little bit, but I think he's gonna be out wide way more than he's on the ground. Well, he's he's not the blocker of Kittle or Gronkowski right. either, but he's certainly big and strong enough to develop into that. I think that the deal with me and him is he's so versatile as far as where you line him up that it's really, he seems positionless which in, in the best way possible, not positionless and like he has nowhere to fit in. Uh, and so I don't know how he qualifies as just a receiver. I also wonder what would happen if, so Julio Jones isn't super old, but if Julio Jones were about 10 years younger, would he have been the put him all over the field kind of guy too? Because he was also a freak athlete coming out of high school. Uh, Alabama did kind of put Julio all over the field because I remember Julio is SEC guy, right? So I, I went to Kentucky. So I remember watching Julio Jones line up in the slot and thinking that's unfair. That feels like that feels like that needs a rule change. That dude should never <laughs> be in the slot. Like, could you imagine being an outside backer? You're a 230 pound. You're trying to tackle the running back in the box. And now all of a sudden you got to do this big as you are who runs the 40 three tenths of a second faster than you do. And you're lined up over him. It's like, coach, you want me to cover that? Yeah, that's not happening. And that's really Kyle Pitts, right? I mean, I don't know that Kyle Pitts even has to be the inline blocker. I'm imagining that most of the stuff he's going to get, he's going to line up in the slot and crack somebody. Like, I can't imagine that they would do a ton of, uh, hey, Kyle, put your hand in the ground. And he's a good no, enough no, no, athlete yeah. that he could do that, I think. You know, you can line him up in the slot, run outside zone. He can crack to the inside. Or he can reach the guy who's lined up over him because the guy who's lined up over him is going to be a safety who's smaller than him or a corner who's smaller than him. And, of course, 
if it actually were an outside backer, he can just cut that dude, right? So um, I would imagine that that's how he ends up being used. But it'll be interesting because he's a weapon for sure to figure out how they're going to use him. Speaking of weapons, let's talk defense. I'm the defensive coordinator on this podcast. This is too much offense already. Our <laughs> uh, friends, the first defensive player taken in this NFL draft will be A, Micah Parsons, B, Patrick Sertain, C, Quitty Pay, D, Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa, or E, someone else. So here's my take on this, guys. It all matters what happens at quarterback. If <laughs> If Denver trades up, they're taking a cue, which means Micah Parsons is kind of hanging out. Maybe someone trades in to go get Micah Parsons. If Micah Parsons is kind of hanging out around the eighth, nine pick, I can see a trade there for someone to take him. That being said, Patrick Sertain to Dallas feels like a great fit. If someone is going to go crazy, though, I think it'll be the New York Giants. And I can see the New York Giants going crazy because Dave Gettleman literally never takes the person who you think he's going to take, right? He took Danny Dimes, Dimes. right? (laughs) But even last year, he went and took the Thomas kid from Georgia, who no one had as the top tackle. And in my mind, being a UK guy, looking at the need for the Giants at linebacker, I could totally see Jamin Davis, who no one has really consistently in the first round, like being someone who Gettleman falls in love with. And it's like, I'm taking that dude. Like, not kidding. And it would come from out of nowhere. Uh, I think my answer is going to be Micah Parsons. But, like, I'm 60-40 Micah Parsons to the E someone else. And, like, telling you that the Giants might take Jamin Davis. Yeah, I got – it's Patrick Sertain for me. I, I don't know when we had this many offensive people that are going to be taken this quickly. But I do think the first defensive player off the board is going to be at 10. Um, I, I think that, yeah, he's a perfect fit for Dallas. They need help. Uh, they've lost secondary members two consecutive years. It just seems like they just keep leaving. Uh, so you just have to keep replenishing. But I think it's Patrick Sertain. I agree with Logan in a lot of ways, especially the idea that there will be a defensive player taken at 10 for Dallas. I don't know who <laughs> we, we can dissect who it will be, but their defense is where they need all of the help. And so if there's not been one taken before 10, there will be one taken at 10. And maybe it's because... I think the way the NFL game is played now, you need to rush the passer or cover the receivers up long enough to get to the quarterback. And I think Sertain helps you in covering that up, right? If he can develop into one of these take away your number one or take away half the field or one of those kind of corners, then it's going to feel like 10 was a cheat, right? It was 10 was too late to take the guy. He's clearly a talented corner, played Alabama in a very pro style defense, very complicated defense, Nick Saban. And his deal is, is that he really across the board at Alabama was the guy that took away your other guy, right? And so if you were LSU, he's the guy trying to take away uh, the Jamar Chases of the world or whatever that may be, right? And so if Dallas can land one of those guys at 10, great. Again, if there has not been a defensive player taken before that, I, I imagine that's the matchup. Micah Parsons is interesting because I agree with you, Shaka. He's a great fit at linebacker. Linebackers are obviously super important too, but the way the league is going, I wonder if he's a great linebacker that would have been taken in the top, you know, five or six, five or six years ago, and is now closer to the, you know, 10, 11, 12 range. I think that you look at Tampa and the fact that they won a Super Bowl with a linebacker who was, what, 220 pounds, who just played everything, and Micah Parsons is that dude. You know what I mean? Like, Micah Parsons can rush the passer. He can cover. He can stuff the run on the edge. So, to me, Micah Parsons offers you a level of versatility that – Patrick Sertan actually doesn't. Like, if you are a defensive coordinator who wants to play a lot of man, you don't want Sertan. You actually want Sertan if you're his own guy, right? If, you, if you're going to do that, you want the horn kid out of South Carolina because he's going to jam someone at the line. He's going to be real physical, right? So for me, Micah Parsons actually offers a level of versatility that Sertan doesn't which I think if you're a defensive-minded coach, I don't know, Miami, let's say, you might look at that and say, this is my toy that I get to play with, right? Quitty Pay, people are saying that he might be the best pass rusher in the draft out of Michigan. So my, my question is, is that why is he outside of the top 10 in so many mocks? Because again, I the way I watch the NFL now, it looks like to me, edge rusher is dramatically important. You say you watch, and obviously the linebackers had, had a lot to do with stuff in the run and the Super Bowl. I also saw them move 
Vitavea outside and just collapse the pocket and Patrick Mahomes running around for his life, very literally at times. <laughs> and, and I feel like, you know, with what I read and see on Quidipay, I didn't watch a lot of Michigan football, so I don't want to act like an expert, but it looks like all the things are really highly touting him. He's a dramatically important position as I see the game played, literally in the most recent NFL game played. And I'm like, why is he falling outside the top 10? I, I, I think that it seems to be consensus that he will. Is it that I just don't get it? I don't see what the deal is. Um, Logan, uh, Quitipay, Jeremiah, Owusu, Koromoa, maybe another defensive player. Like, is there a defensive guy who you look at in this draft who maybe we haven't talked about a ton? And you're like, man, this is someone who you need to watch out for. Uh, well, I think JC Horn, uh, like you had mentioned, I think he's going to be a guy that is going to be incredible. I have him mocked right now to the Chargers at 13, um, just because Casey Hayward left. And so I think that they're going to get another guy. Um, on the outside and you need somebody to cover Tyreek Hill but I think that he's going to be uh, a good defense player and look I have I know that we both I think that all of us kind of have offense going top nine or top eight um, but after that I, I I have in my mock draft def- almost defense exclusively in the next like five picks <laughs> um, after that because I think that once the quarterbacks are taken it's going to kind of balance out and defensive players are going to be taken in that that mid-range there from 10 to 18 I think there's going to be a lot of defensive guys off the board at that point. Okay, Parker. So the thesis statement for this commercial is James Harden has the best beard in sports. What do you think about that thesis statement? Oh, I give it an A. You know, as a Houston guy, we we seem to have an affinity for our beards between guys like him, Dallas Keiko, lots of big beards in the Houston area. What do you think about the thesis? So I'm a Jets fan, and I absolutely love the beard that Ryan Fitzpatrick has. So maybe I would give Ryan Fitzpatrick the nod over James Harden. But you're talking to a couple of bearded teachers, and we know a thing or two about making sure that you maintain that mane. So check out the beard struggle. The beard struggle, they make oils, they make balms, they even have have this heated comb to make sure that you get your beard straight so that you're looking fresh. I know I've really enjoyed using the oil they make for my quarantine beard of sorts. It's nice and long these days, but it'll <laughs> keep it nice and healthy and hydrated. And if you're listening to our show, you can use FN Sports 15 and get 15% off your oils, your balms, your shampoos, conditioners, whatever you need to use to keep your beard looking healthy. Absolutely. Check out The Beard Struggle at thebeardstruggle.com. Whether you're just starting to grow or you have a luscious mane already, The Beard Struggle's got all the products that you need. The Beard Struggle. Feast your face. Let's talk about not quarterbacks and what might be the best match for a prospect to a team. So the multiple choice question reads, the best match for a non-quarterback draft prospect to a team is A, Panay Sewell to Cincinnati, B, Kyle Pitts to Atlanta, C, Jalen Waddle to Miami, D, Patrick Sertain II to Dallas, or E, some other combination of a draft prospect to a team. So Parker, if I throw that at you, do you like those matchups or is there another one that you're thinking about? Well, anyone that listens to us regularly and hears us talk bits and pieces about coaching knows I'm an offensive line guy. So <laughs> I, I may come at this with some bias, but I would have gone A, Panay Sewell with literally any team tag next to him. So <laughs> Panay Sewell to Cincinnati sounds great because there is not a team in the NFL that has too much offensive line help, right? Like, as you, like I guess you might have to move piece around because Sewell is very clearly a tackle. So if you have two good tackles, maybe move one to guard or center or whatever. But there's not a team that has like five guys that are irreplaceable uh, in the NFL anymore. And so I would think Panay Sewell fits in anywhere. Cincinnati is great, obviously, because if Sewell is the 10 to 15 year pro we project because he's a young guy, you could also have him grow up with Joe Burrow, who very clearly, as you mentioned in great detail earlier, needs a lot of help with his safety, <laughs> very literally. <laughs> uh, and, and so that's a great pairing. But truthfully, I would have said Penny Sewell with any team next to him. Miami and Tua could have used him. Uh, Atlanta and whoever they want to make of the quarterback of the future. <laughs> Matt Ryan's now, right? Like whoever that is would have get fit fine. Even the Dallas Cowboys. And, uh, they need defense help too. But like any team would have loved to have Panay Sewell. Logan, you have to know that Parker played offensive line in college. So when he talks about that bias, he comes by it honestly. Um, <laughs> so, so, hey, Logan, how do you like these matchups? Or maybe there's another matchup that you're thinking. I'm curious as to your thoughts. No, I'm, I agree with Parker there. I Like anybody that Panay Sewell is going to go to, is probably the best one. 
Um, I don't have Panay still going to Cincinnati. I have him going to Miami, but either one of those teams need that. And so there's, like Parker said, there's really not any team out there that I'll be like, oh, that's not good um, <laughs> if, if they took him. Um, yeah, he's, I think he's the best one. The other one that I would say again would just be, uh, Patrick Sertain with Dallas, because I think it fills a need. Kyle Pitts in Atlanta. I mean, they have a good offense already. Like that would just make it an extra step. Uh, so I would probably say, obviously put say, uh, Sewell, but then second would be Sertain. So, and let me say this, this question has an Alabama receiver going to Miami. And I suppose that you could switch it out between Waddle and Devontae Smith. My perspective on it is this. Waddle's the better receiver. Smith had the better year this year. Mm -hmm. And I, I just want folks to understand, before Waddle got hurt, Smith had, what, maybe, I don't know, like 70 more yards than Waddle or something crazy, right? Like, I mean, it wasn't, it was close. But Waddle led the team in touchdowns by like five touchdowns. It was like nuts. And Jalen Waddle, for his career at Alabama, averages 40 yards a touchdown reception. Mm. That is 4-0. That dude is a threat. Like, for me, he's the better receiver. He just has to be healthy. And if he is healthy, there's no question. That being said... I'm not stupid. Panay Sewell's the answer. Why would I drop the <laughs> Why would I drop the quarterback at number one and then not take a left tackle to protect him after he gets injured in his rookie year? That's the question Cincinnati better ask. And if they don't do it, like somebody got to get fired. I have asked. I know someone who does some like uh, analyst and his analysis for uh, PFF uh, in Cincinnati, and I just asked him straight up who he thinks that Cincinnati's going to take at five if Sewell and Jamar Chase are on the board, and he still thinks they're going to take Jamar Chase no matter what. No, that's fine because yeah, yeah, I mean it's fine. Joe Burrow doesn't need help. Do. I think yeah, I think the issue there is that it's not what that is a very common NFL thing to do too, is right like to take the high, the guy like the you can check down to him on underneath stuff, you can break over the top with him over the top stuff. I'm not saying Jamar Chase is not like a benefit to Joe Burrow either. I just Penny Sewell is once in, seems to be once in a long time kind of guy. Jamar Chase pick if they do at five and Penny Sewell is still on there. That just feels like an owner pick. Like the owner is going to make that pick and, and just yeah. say we need yeah. someone out there that can sell tickets, not the guy who's going to keep Joe Burrow upright. Even though you know Joe Burrow being on the field will sell tickets. Listen, an yeah. offensive coach might want that receiver, so I get that too. I will just say that. Teams that don't draft offensive linemen like Panay Sewell, they tend to be picking at the top of the draft a lot. And I say this as a Jet fan, so I know. I know exactly <laughs> who who should be getting drafted early, right? And so the, the Patriots would be taking Sewell, right? And there's a, there's a reason why the Patriots are the Patriots. So to me, that's the natural match. I will say that Sertan to Dallas makes a lot of sense as well. I don't know if there's another kind of combination, like a, a, a non-quarterback who a team needs, like absolutely needs, like this player just makes a lot of sense. Like there's no one who's jumping out at me, so I don't have an E. But let me ask, do either one of you guys have, like this player needs to go to this team? So you only said Jalen Waddle to Miami. Um, by the way, Jalen Waddle may not win any contest on this, but he will win a dunk contest. Having seen him play both football and basketball, if we were having an <laughs> NFL first-round draft dunk contest he'd win that uh, I, I could see Miami going with either Alabama receiver and, and getting Devontae Smith too because if for some reason they wanted to trade back and just say we'll take whichever one's available a few picks back that would make sense to me I also wonder what is Carolina going to do at eight um, they are they going to get a young quarterback to be behind Sam Darnold and kind of hedge their bets there are they going to go all in on Sam Darnold and put people around him if they were to go with a pass catcher, and I'll just say pass catcher very broadly, to put around Sam Darnold, I'd say that's a great job, right? Because the whole deal with Darnold in New York was how can we get him weapons, right? And how can we get him an offense? And so I would think that that's a good fit. I would say any offensive lineman to Kansas City, right? I think that based on, you know, we, we know that they had opt-outs. They've let their tackles go. They've, re they've signed some folks in free agency, but that offensive line let them down in the Super Bowl. So if Alex Leatherwood ends up in Kansas City, like that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, any offensive lineman, pick an interior, it doesn't matter. You have to protect Patrick Mahomes. You're paying him half a billion dollars, so you better keep him upright. Let's, let's go with the last question then that we have for this segment. It's a fill in the blank. Logan, we'll go to you first, sir. 
the best player that will be drafted outside of round one will be blank. So I'm going to go with Najee Harris here. I, there's a chance that he gets taken at the end of the first round, but I don't just my mock draft. I don't have him going in the first, uh, but I think he's going to be an immediate impact player for one of those teams. And it feels like in the last couple of years, we've had a rookie running back really like show out in the first couple of weeks of an NFL season. And I think it's going to be Najee Harris. Um, you know, James Conner did it um, a couple years ago. Um, Clyde Ed- Edwards Hilaire did it last year, but I think that Najee Harris is going to be a guy that whoever he goes to, he's going to, he's going to feel a need. Um, and I think he's going to be fantastic. Yeah. Running backs kind of show up. Aaron Jones was a guy who did it right. Running yeah. backs outside of the first round tend to show up. P you got a guy. Who is it? <laughs> so I, I was in the same vein thinking Najee Harris or Trips Etienne. Um, I, I think that as I look at it, that's the easiest position to show up as a rookie and right. play well, and it's also the position most commonly not drafted in the first round because it yeah. seems to be fairly expendable. And so, some of the best talent at that position will likely not get drafted in the first round. And so, it makes sense that like the most talented running backs will fall to rounds two, three, four. I like my man Joseph Osai from Texas, and I know you're going to call me a homer there. Um, no, I would have been mad if you didn't pick him. Actually, I was going to make fun of you for not saying him. <laughs> All right, well, well, that would be my non-running back choice. I also like the safety out of TCU. His tape, when you see the articles written about him, is really, really impressive. Um, and, and so that would be where I'd go. But I, I think that Logan's right. The easiest position to pick here would be a running back. It's just which one falls to which team, right? Absolutely. So I told uh, Logan this off pod, so you guys get that behind the curtain peek. Um, I have like three guys listed. Right. And so let me say this. I already kind of talked about Jamin Davis. If Jamin Davis doesn't go in the first round, he's my answer. But I think he's yeah. going to go in the first round. Parker, you mentioned Trevon Morig, and I'm 100% on the same page. He's the best safety in the draft. So if he gets, if, the, if you get the best safety in the draft in the second round, he's going to have an impact. Stunner. <laughs> um, so, but I think he's going to, he might end up going at the end of round one as well. So in this order, these are my guys, right? So um, number three, so let's work in reverse order, actually, Mr. Cummings. Uh, Number three, Elijah Molden, who's a defensive back out of Washington. The real question with him is, I think he can play safety, but I'm not the NFL GM or coaches. Do, do, Do other folks think he can play safety? Because if they just use him as a slot corner, he's gonna have impact. But I think that he could be a honey badger type. Like he could be a Tyron Matthew type. And Washington does well with defensive backs, right? We can remember Lawyer Malloy from years back winning them Super Bowl rings. But even more recently, right, you can look at a Byron Murphy. You can look at Taylor Rapp. Like, them dudes come out of Washington, and they ball right away. Number two, let's talk running back. You guys mentioned two running backs. I know Javante Williams is not getting taken in the first round. He's not. He's the running back out of UNC. He is used to playing in tandem with another running back. So... He can come into the NFL. He can You can hand him the ball. He can catch out of backfield. The real question with all of these guys is will they block? Because you better be able to do that. If you can't, then you're going to have trouble. But I, I know Javante Williams isn't going to get taken in the first round, and he's going to be good from day one. It's just a matter of where he goes. The last guy who I want to talk about, Quinn Minerts, who is out of Wisconsin Whitewater. He did not play this year. Listen, I'm not watching a bunch of Wisconsin Whitewater, but I will tell you this. What the little bit of film that I saw on him, he played left tackle at Wisconsin Whitewater, dominated everybody. Then he went to the senior bowl. They put him at center. He was snapping the ball, dominating everybody. And oh, by the way, CBS Sports has him listed as the number one guard in the draft. So this is the dude who offers versatility. He can play wherever you want him to play. And don't matter where he plays, he just seems to dominate. I kind of like guys like that. And you're going to get him in like the third round or something. So I think that Quinn Minerts will have a an incredible impact right away. It's just that he's an offensive lineman, right? Um, and let me say this. I'm going to sneak this one in. Hey, shout out Max Duffy. Whoever drafts the University of Kentucky punter is getting maybe the best athletes ever kick on football <laughs> in the NFL. <laughs> Friends, that is another edition of F in sports uh mr ainsworth you want to tell folks about midweek mid-range what you guys got coming up oh oh you know what mr ainsworth before you tell folks about that i was watching midweek mid-range i saw there was only two guys on there hey listen if you ever need me to pull up just <laughs> hit your dude up on a text sir <laughs> we, we may add chuck cummings and who knows um 
But this week we'll be looking at some, obviously there will probably be more injuries. I believe we'll talk some on uh, LaMarcus Aldridge retiring and those kinds of things because that is some late news. And kind of what that means, uh, I would imagine we'd talk some about standings and so on. And then we'll just talk about transit in the NBA and as the WNBA is about to get started. Uh, it's an all-basketball podcast all the time. Uh, it's on Wednesday nights live at 9 o'clock Eastern time on Twitter and YouTube. Uh, the YouTube obviously will store the recording too, so you can always pull up whenever you need to. Uh, but yeah, Wednesday nights, 9 o'clock Eastern, Twitter and YouTube. Don't be afraid to pull up. Absolutely. Uh, Mr. Ainsworth, the week that I come on, you cannot wear your WNBA sweatshirt, sir, because that's all I got. Uh, I think I did. <laughs> I think I got a Knicks t-shirt somewhere. Let me see if I can find that. Um, Mr. Ainsworth, do you want to go ahead and hit folks up with your socials? For sure. Uh, so you can find my personal stuff at Painsworth 512 on Twitter and Instagram. That's at P-A-I-N-S-W-O-R-T-H 512 all one word on Twitter and Instagram. We also have a show Twitter that I've been relatively inactive on, but I'm going to pick back up this week since we're done moving. <laughs> That's at FN Sports 2. That's F-I-N-S-P-O-R-T-S, the number two. All one word. Aubies-PA. Shaka-CC. So you know which one of us you're talking to, even though for the last 10 days it's been mostly Shaka. Shaka, we got Instagram too. <laughs> that also feels like a dig at the fact that I set these Guinness Book of World Records on Ghost Stars and Detentions. <laughs> um, uh, our show Instagram is at F underscore N underscore sports. You can find me on Instagram and on Twitter at Shaka Cummings at C-H-A-K-A-C-U-M-M-I-N-G-S friends. That is another edition of F is Sports. Thank you guys for listening. Please go out, like, subscribe, share, do all the wonderful things to help out our podcast. Go listen to Logan Ward at Logan Ward Show. His podcast is awesome as well. Thank you, Logan, for jumping in and helping us out. And please remember, when it comes to sports, don't flunk with us. Later, guys. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Some people were made to follow the instructions. We were made to make our own. To always measure twice and never cut corners. Unless, of course, we've got a compound miter saw. Northern Tool and Equipment is a problem solver's paradise. There's nothing we can't find, fix, or figure out together. We're made for this. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com.